Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the weekly Supercoach episode, ahead of round 13, the first big buy round. It is a week where we only have five games. We also did a big buy special last week, where we had a humongous episode for over two hours long, talking about the main players to target, going through every position, and it was a fantastic buy episode. And... Got a lot of great feedback about it, so thanks very much. Hopefully everyone's planned, so it's not just doing your trades this week and you've had a bit of a look at it. But because of all that, because there's only five games, we are going to just go a quick solo podcast for this week just to go through the five games and also some of the trading trends. So it is going to be a much quicker one than normal. But let's start off with, first of all, where you can find us. So just recorded a fantastic podcast for the Talk and Footy episode for this week. Wilfred Z from the Supercoach Champions podcast is on it, so after you listen to that, this one, make sure you go and have a look for it. It's probably 24 hours behind this podcast. I'm getting produced and uploaded, but great to go on a talking footy podcast and chat to Wilfred because he's a great rugby league mind, big Broncos fan, and most importantly, a Queensland fan, and we talk all about the Origin team, so it's a good one. You can find all the podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and also make sure that you jump on our great partner. So before we get stuck into this week's Supercoach content, do need to mention PickleBet.com. Love betting with them. They're pretty new to the market, but they've just added a whole heap of new markets that you can bet on as well. Same game multis have just started on PickleBet, which is great. And if you go on there right now, we do have a special for a same game multi that is the all-star special that you'll find each week. And this week's all-star special, my goodness, it's a nice one. Mike Acevo and Greg Marju to both score, and the Eels to win 13+, plus and the Knights to win 10+. plus. You are going to get fantastic value on that one. Go and check it out. When you do go on to picklebet.com and sign up, make sure that when you do, there's a spot that you ask for your affiliate code or referral code. Make sure you put in all stars and you hit apply. That'll make sure that they know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you on Picklebet. But cannot say enough about how much I love working with Picklebet and how good some of their odds are. So go and check them out, especially for State of Origin, because they've got the Origin markets up right now that are going to be gold to get onto. For example, you can grab the New South Wales Blues for $1.67 to win at the moment. Or if you're a Queenslander and you're pretty confident that you can cause an upset in round one, because we always know the Queenslanders are underdogs, $2.17. Fantastic value for Queensland. So jump on picklebet.com, have a look. All Stars is your affiliate or referral code when you sign up. Think, is this a bet that you really want to place? And for free and confidential support, you can call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Supercoach time. Well, first of all, we will do the good, the bad, the ugly, Clint Eastwood segment very quickly. Uh, my team this week, the good, I've just got to say the score. I haven't hit 1,400 yet this year, and I've got my first one at... 14.28. So I was pretty happy, uh, and I did that without having Trevojevic, and I also did that with captaining Nico Hines. So didn't really expect that to happen um, because I missed out on those scores, but I started the week great and had some big guns from the Eels in there like Moses and Brown as well, which was nice to see. So that was the good. Um, if we're having a look at the bad, though, 
Jeez, there was a, a couple, but not very many. It's, it's a better week than most weeks. Probably got to stick with the consensus of um, playing Billy Smith. I, I think a lot of people played him. His 24 points were pretty bad. Uh, the ugly, look, I'm going to say my boy Mike Acevo. He uh, got 35 and didn't score a try again. That doesn't normally happen for Sevo when the Eels put on 36 points. But uh, look, I am scratching for some, some negatives to say. I was pretty happy with my round. It was one of my better rounds. Um, or what was my best round of the year going into the 1400s, so that was nice. Let's have a look at Market Watch. So, having a look at the trading trends, it's it's pretty interesting. Obviously, teams are needing to make some big decisions. Um, now, before actually, before Market Watch, I will just talk about strategy for a minute before we have a look at the actual trades that are being made. So, there's probably a few little things that uh, we haven't mentioned in the prior couple of podcasts about the buys or just haven't mentioned enough and we need to hammer it home. First thing is you've got to be really careful with your cheapies or your placeholders that you're putting in. I am seeing a lot of teams grab guys that are playing their first game of the year just to have a runner this week. And it, it can be a bit of a mistake. Now, there's certainly a strategy where you can go, look, I'm going to get a, a 200k forward that's starting this week in the buy, take his points and hope that he goes away and becomes enough. It's something that you can do. It is a old strategy of Supercoach, uh, but if you've already got a couple of guys that are not playing, you really can't employ that at the moment, especially with all the buys. And I would even say not to go with that strategy because it's not worthwhile anymore. In round 14, we've got three big teams on a buy. So next week's going to be really hard to. I don't think teams can afford to be getting these enough guys in. The other thing that it can do as well, if your expectation isn't right you might be getting one of these guys in and thinking, oh, it's great this week, I'm going to get these points. They don't go up in value and they take up a spot in your 17 or in your squad of 25. It's really important because when you're having a look at your squad, already like I'm finding it really hard to find guys I want to trade out. And if you have guys like a Zach Laybutt in, for example, that's playing his first game for the Cowboys or Robert Derby who's on the wing for them, grabbing one of those type of guys... It's going to be such a waste because you're going to spend a trade to get them in and then inadvertently you're going to end up having to spend a trade to get them out, possibly in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and you're not going to make any money out of that. So you've got to ask yourself, is two trades going to really be worth getting 30, 40 points maybe out of them? It's not going to be worth it at all. So got to be prepared that if you get one of these guys in, that they're, they're going to be enough that you're leaving your team or just don't get them in to begin with. And I actually think that's the better plan. Uh, so that's the next thing that I'd say. Don't just chase 30 points for this week and think that's a trade that you need to make. If somebody might score 20, 30, even 40 points this week, it's it's probably not going to be worth it unless there's someone who's going to give you value down the track somehow. Value down the track somehow might be they're going to make money or they're going to be a play down the track as well. And certainly with some of these guys that are playing their first games, some of these guys are not going to provide any value other than playing this week. In which case, you need to just bite the bullet and say to yourself... Someone like Fainu, for example, Seagulls, if he doesn't play again, you know, that's going to be a really, really expensive 20 or 30 or 40 points. It's just not worth it. Next thing that segues from that, you don't have to try and have 16 or 17 players. If you've got 13 players, I would highly suggest if it's a decent 13 to even consider saving your trades. Uh, You do get some advantage with the best 13 scoring structure. So I do think that 14 to 15 is your optimal level. I do think over 15 is is overkill and you don't need it. So certainly if you've got 14 or 15, I would leave where you are and you're still going to get the advantage 
of that whole top 13 point scoring system that Supercoach have employed for 2023. Don't worry too much about burning trades if you don't need to, especially if it's for some of these guys. Uh, Last thing, and this is the most important thing, I can't say how many teams I've looked at where their trades are going to put them into dire straits next round. Round 14, you've got Manly, Newcastle, and Parramatta all missing the week. You have to go to next week and pretend it's pretend it's round 14 with your team and play around with your team and put all your starters in place and see what your 17 looks like. Because I think if a lot of teams did that at the moment, there'd be a few teams that would say, oh, I'm only going to have 16 players before trades or I'm only going to have 15 players. Even if you've only got 17 players, you need to really have a look at it because there could be some origin guys that don't back up. There could be some guys who are injured this week. You're going to leave yourself really short. So make sure that you've got 17 runners at a minimum already before trades for next week, leaving yourself a couple of spots that you could trade for if you need to for the week. Certainly, it should backflip on some people's trades. You know, I've seen some, some teams with three or four eels, and they're bringing in two more eels this week. You're not going to be able to sustain that probably with your squads. Next week's super important because next week, you're going to be able to make up just as much ground almost as what you will in the big buy in round 13 if enough teams really screw themselves up for their for their round next week. So I'd really treat these next two weeks together rather than just looking at this big buy. Let's have a look at the market watch moves now that are happening. Uh, so some of them are pretty straightforward, so we're going to breeze past a number of them. Traded out Harry Grant. I actually think he's a really good trade out at the moment. Harry Grant has not been going as well as what you would have hoped of late. He's in 44% of teams. He's gone 34, 79, and 54 over his last three. But in his last five, he's actually got two scores in the 30s, playing 80 minutes. Um, that's really not Harry Grant-like. And realistically, when you have a look at his season, a 69 average is really good. It's below where he should be. He should really be mid-70s. So he has been a little bit underwhelming, and we're obviously coming into the origin period. For 655000 you can get a huge amount of value out of him right now by trading him for the origin period. And we are blessed with the fact that we have some hookers that are now available that might be able to match his scoring. So I do uh, quite like that one, uh, particularly when you consider that Melbourne are obviously on the buy, but he's in origin. Uh, That makes sense because you're going to have to cull some origin players. I do think someone like Damian Cook might be able to match him over this uh, short period of time. And if Harry Grant's season continues as it is, and he plays some reduced minutes, you might even find that someone like Damian Cook, if they play well over the second half of the season, could match or beat Harry Grant, in which case you might even be able to save a trade. And you can just see how this sort of plays out post-origin. So I, I like the Harry Grant out for sure. The next guy on the list, Nico Hines, is the second most traded out player this week. Do not like this one anywhere near as much. Obviously, Hines has uh, a buy this week if he was playing. He wasn't going to be anyway, but he is in the Origin team. He then comes in around 14 versus Brisbane, uh, round 15, and then round 16 is the major buy, which he's going to miss as well. I think the important thing here is that you don't need to trade him right now. He only has a 95 BE, and he's going to play the Brisbane Broncos at Points Bet Stadium at Cronulla, and the Broncos are going to have enough of their players backing up where... That could actually be a pretty good matchup for Nico. Um, and when you're having a look at it as well, they're playing on the Saturday night. So it is a pretty decent turnaround at 7.30 Saturday from the Wednesday Origin match. And at the moment, Nico's on the bench. Very likely he plays. And very likely at Points Bet Stadium, like always, he's going to score well against the Broncos. So 
Uh, I really like him for that one. Then he does have the Storm away, which is a bit harder, and then he's away on Origin duty again. But you are going to get some games out of him there. The optimal time to try and trade Nico, in my opinion, is when you get to that round 16 buy. Um, now, round 16, the Sharks play, but Nico's going to be out for Origin duty. And then they have the round 17 by the Sharkies. So he's not going to play for that two-week period. Okay, That's going to be a big deal. After that, though, you really have to plan ahead to be able to get him back because he's going to play the St. George Dragons in round 18, the West Tigers in round 19, New Zealand Warriors round 20, and then round 21 versus Manly Seagulls. Coming out of Cronulla's final buy of the season in round 17, the Sharks have a pretty good four-week period there of playing decent opposition for Nico to score against. So, if you're going to trade Nico Hines, I would hold him for now. Trade him during the origin period where he's going to miss two weeks uh, and then look at trading him back in and planning for that post-buys. That's when I would trade him. I think trading him now could be a bit of a mistake because certainly that Broncos game at points bet stadium, uh, I think it's going to punish people that trade him out. Reese Walsh. Uh, I think a few people were looking at him as being buy cover, and that's not going to happen now. Completely get getting rid of Reese Walsh now. Um, Reed Marnie, I would have thought holding him would have been better because the Bulldogs do play the next two uh, big buys, round 16 coming up as the next one, and they do play the tricky round 14 next week. Having said that, we do have someone like Cook that's become available. So that's almost a straight swap. That's going to work out quite well as a trade, so I'm not going to talk people out of that too much. Uh, Val Holmes, he's a classic example of an origin player that you now want to jump off. He's been a bit underwhelming anyway, and you know, the Cowboys just got done with their full squad, 66-18 to 18 versus the Tigers. Great time to jump off Val Holmes, uh, and then the next couple, a little bit different. Isaiah Katoa. People are jumping off Katoa, and... He's playing this week versus the Dragons. Now, the Dragons haven't named a particularly strong team. Katoa hasn't been playing well. He got subbed off on uh, his last game. I've only scored seven points. He's going to drop in cash, but he's got a 54 break even. So normally when someone scores a seven, you go, look, got to get rid of him before he leaks the cash that he's made. It's not really the case with him. The three weeks before that, he went 52, 40, and 47. And when he got subbed off, it was against the Storm. The important thing to remember is that when he got subbed off as well, Milford was there to come on. Milford and Katoa are starting the halves together because Nikarima's been moved to fullback. So the chance of him actually being subbed off this week is very, very minimal. Uh, It looks like at the moment he's definitely going to be playing 80 minutes. I would bank on 80 minutes. Playing up in Queensland versus Dragons, and the Dragons are fairly diminished. They've got a few players out. I actually think that Katoa's a decent player this week. I certainly wouldn't trade him as a number. Uh, unless you've got like 16 players and you can go down to 15 players or, or, or do an upgrade somewhere, that makes sense. For most teams, I would actually be looking at trying to hold him if he could because he could put up some decent numbers this week. Carl Pereira, Brandon Smith, both injured. Um, Cameron Murray, Origin Duty, great Origin trade-out. Not a huge amount of controversy in the trade-outs at the moment, and I think people are choosing pretty well. If I'm going to rank uh, Origin trade-outs... Uh, certainly Harry Grant, Valentine Holmes, pretty much anyone in your centre wing that's playing Origin. Those are all trade-outs above guys like Nicholas Hines or even uh, Nathan Cleary. So certainly those guys are your trade-outs now to focus on if you need cash or a spot to plug someone in to try and cover round 13. Trade-ins. 
Damian Cook is the number one traded player in. I did not think that we would have Damian Cook, so we didn't talk about him in the big buy special last week as an option because it did not look like we were going to have him at all. As it stands now, Cookie is 582,000 and going to be available. He's in 8% of teams at the moment. That's going to approach 20% plus once we get to this buy. That's still pretty good for who a guy that should be one of the most popular players in round 13. He's got a 53 break even as well, so he's just about bottomed out. On the season, 60.8 average. Uh, that's good too because he hasn't been playing as well as what he should have, but he's got the upside. He's got hardly any games over 70-plus, which is a worry. He has one game up until this point at 70-plus with 73 points, uh, and half of his games are below 60. Not great, but we have spoken about the tough draw that South have had, and it completely opens up now, which is the big selling point for buying Damien Cook this week. He's playing the Canberra Raiders. They obviously got trounced 44 to 14 versus Manly last week. While Souths have some outs, um, they still have Cody Walker there. They still have AJ there, and they still have uh, some good forwards there as well. It's a good matchup for them. The other important thing is looking ahead. So when you're getting guys in for round 13, particularly guns that you're going to spend money on, have a look at what they're going to give you after round 13. Number one with Damien Cook, he plays round 14. Really important. But 14, he plays the Gold Coast Titans. Fantastic matchup for him. Round 15, he plays the St. George Illawarra Dragons. He's got a top score of 123 against them. Trounced them last year. Then he plays the Cowboys in round 17 after the round 16 bye. And if you've got him for that and he's not in the origin camp, he's got a high of 146 points versus the Cowboys, which I think that he put up last year from memory. So all of a sudden, the Bunnies draw opens up fantastic. You know They're not going to play a top eight side other than the New Zealand Warriors until round 21 where they start to hit a few. But South's run from now on in is pretty good. So he's someone that you can leave there as your second hooker. I think he completely deserves all that ownership at 20% plus coming into this buy round. Tohu Harris, number two on the list. Bit lukewarm on Tohu. I've spoken about it last week, so I'm not going to go into it again. Um, but what I will say as a positive for buying Tohu this week, the Broncos forward pack looks atrocious. Without Payne Haas, without Carrigan, without Flegler, they're very light. So certainly I could see... Uh, someone like Tohu going really well this week. And at 600000 that's that's pretty fair value for him. So there is a good argument now that we've seen that Broncos pack to say there's some good points on offer for Tohu Harris and for the New Zealand Fords to eat well against that pack. Caelan Ponga, number three on the list. Uh, look, much like Damien Cook, I think the Ponga and Cook are both going to have a massive point to prove because both of them have lost their origin jerseys. Both are going to be hugely motivated and they have some good opposition to try and carve up against... Ponga, I was surprised that he missed out on origin selection. Um, I think one of the things with him that you need to consider if you are buying him, he's going to take up a spot at either 5'8 or at fullback, and both of those spots have some pretty critical buys coming up that are going to be huge value. Now, he's only 6% owned. He's only 500k, so there's certainly some value there. Scored 50 on the weekend, 114 the week before. Everyone needs to remember the week before that, though he played 80 minutes and scored 16. I don't think that's going to happen this week. I really like the Knights versus Manly. Um, I think that they could put a huge score on him. But in saying that, what's going to happen the week after? He's one of those guys that has that buy in round 14. I like him as a buy. Uh, he has been a bit hot and cold, but I think, that, again, you just need to have the right expectations if you're going to get Ponger into your side. It's going to be good this week. 
Know that you're going to be okay with him sitting on the pine next week. And know that if he gets picked in origin, you're not going to have him going forward. Make sure there's going to be no other guys that you're going to really need in your side where he's going to be taking a spot up. Uh, if you know you can tick those boxes, it works out really well. He's also going to make some cash. So if you can get a couple of games in from him in the origin period, you could look towards um, those you know later rounds where we have a, another mini buy in round 17 with three teams off and trade him then and actually make some cash out of that. That's a pretty good scenario. I do tend to think he's going to be in origin camp from, from game two, though. So if that happens, uh, then he's obviously not going to be as good an option. Jermaine Hopgood, fourth most traded in player. One of the great things for Hopgood is that they do have um, Barlow on origin duty, so it frees up minutes in the middle. But an even bigger thing is it looks like Ryan Madison's going to be out for a month. And with Ryan Madison out for a month, uh, with Barlow on origin duty, you know, it's it's going to be Hopgood time for sure. Despite the fact that Joe O has come in, Hopgood should go back to his uh, big minutes and he should go back to that sort of 80-plus type of scoreline, I think. Scored 78 in his last game, playing the full 80. 81 in the game before, playing 72. I think that's basically what you can expect from him um, over this origin period, and that's going to be awesome scoring. He is 674,000, so you're not going to get too much extra value out of him. But as far as the Eels forward pack goes, now that Madison is gone, Hopgood would be the number one behind that pack. Uh, just make sure that you don't have too many. I can't get Hopgood myself, for example, because I've already got four eels. Uh, and I've gone for strike eels as well. Uh, three, which are Sevo, Brown, and Moses. If you've got three or four eels in your side already and you're looking at Hopgood, you really would want to have no more Manly or Knights players for next week because you could be pretty thin. So you've really got to plan ahead, like I mentioned at the start of the podcast. Otherwise, Hopgood is a, is another good buy because of the fact that he is a uh, very safe captaincy option. I myself would rather go for the upside, although Hopgood has three tons this year already. So there is cause to say he does have the upside and he could score 100 plus pretty easily. Three out of 12 games with tons, considering he had lower minutes in a few games, it's a pretty good strike rate. So certainly he's an option when you're looking at the CVC, so that makes him a prime candidate to look at trading in. Moving right along, uh, after that, we've got Jermaine Asako. And he's a really interesting one because 680000 is super expensive for Jermaine Asako. And I was chatting to Wilfred only just before we started recording this uh, Talking Footy podcast today. And he was talking about Jermaine Asako. And we both sort of said, oh, look, it feels really bad paying 680000 for him. The thing is, at this point of the season, we're 12 games in. He's played 11 games and his lowest score is 44 and he's done that twice. Uh, that's a pretty good floor. Uh, 73% of his games are 60 plus. And he's got three tons. 118, 108, and 108 out of his 11 games. It's like 25% plus strike rate at hitting a ton. And even more than that if you consider um, hitting 90s. Because he also has a 97 score last round against the Melbourne Storm. At a point now where you have to just give Jermaine Osako credit, he's averaging 76 for the year. It's a career year, and the draw opens up too much for him not to continue doing it. St. George Illawarra Dragons playing up in Queensland against the Dolphins. It is a really good matchup for Osako again. Uh, away at Mount Smart's not great, but versus the Warriors, um, the Warriors are, are a good side. Maybe they can put on points still against them, and against Manly, Manly can lend in some points as well. So it's a decent few-week outings for him. And he does play that round 14 period as well. So I can't talk anyone out of Jermaine Asako. It's just a huge amount of money at 680k. Now, anyone who got on him early, uh, fantastic buy. He's worked out really well as a pod. And these are the type of plays that you want to make as far as um, high upside guys that are low owned. 
you want the low ownership to be to be there if you're going to spend on um, some of these guys for the buy round that have a big upside. The problem is that Asako doesn't have that lower ownership at 26% ownership and climbing. He might be 35% owned plus after this round. So probably the only argument I'll say against him is he could have a look at some other center wings instead. You know, if you have a look at some other center wings instead, there is certainly an argument to say, you know, someone like Sevo is going to have 25% less ownership um, and he's got just as good a chance of going big this week. He's slightly less money. So just something to consider if you want to go against the crowd. Cody Nikarima, uh, another Dolphins player that's on the list, and he's gone up to 482000 the problem with Cody Nicarima that I have is a week ago at 375000 it was a great buy. But a week later, he's just gone up $107,000. It's too much money for me to spend, but he's been playing well enough. We're playing fullback against the, the Dragons. It could pay off for this week. Uh, when you're having a look at him as well, he's also going to tick the money-making box. Minus 23 break-even. He's going to make money for a couple of weeks. I think the teams probably need to prepare themselves for the worst-case scenario with Cody Nicarima, though. Uh, worst-case scenario is he has a decent score in the next couple of weeks of, say, 50 and 40, and you're not going to make much money out of that, maybe 50 grand, and then you're going to have to burn a trade to get him out. Uh, the prime time would have been a week ago to get him in when he had a bigger negative break-even and to look ahead. So I'm not as big at getting him this week, uh, but he's he proved us wrong a number of weeks now, so maybe it works out. Number seven, I really like Mitchell Moses at the moment. Um, I have had him the last couple of weeks. 758000 is now expensive, but he is only in 6% of teams. So what I was saying before with Asako, 26% of teams and climbing for Asako, you want these outside backs with high upside to be low owned so you can really take advantage of this buy period. 6% of teams for Mitchell Moses and it's Probably only just going to get into double figures, really, once everyone finishes trading. He has now gone 130 points last round, and before his 17-point outing in round 10, he had on 147. So two out of his last three scores are 147-130. Massive captaincy material, especially when you're looking at uh, round 13 buy period, where he's playing the Cowboys, who are depleted. And more importantly, he's playing at Combank Stadium. If you're looking at this origin period, He's going to play all the major buyers, and more importantly than that, four out of the next six games are all at Combank, and the Eels absolutely carve at Combank. So that's exactly the type of guy you want to trade in. Him and Dylan Brown are two of the best tradings that you can do, because both of them are going to be huge captaincy options, and both of them should kill it with that draw. Um, So I I absolutely love the Eels this week against the Cowboys side. Uh, Moses is going to be playing against uh, an edge that's a completely new edge. That whole side for the Cowboys is going to be new. Absolutely could carve it up. So I love Mitchell Moses coming in. Um, the fact that he's at halfback, though, makes it a really hard decision for teams, which is good because it's going to keep his ownership down. Josh Schuster coming in. Uh, look, he's already gone up 90000 He's a 332000 but he does have a minus 26 BE now, and he is coming off a 106-point performance. Uh, I don't mo- I don't hate it. I think the teams are looking at a price point play with him. Um, certainly do not get him in at 5'8". I think you have to get him in at second row, uh, in which case um, it might work out okay. I, I, I urge team people as well when you're looking at these super coach moves to have a think about what the teams look like and how you think the games are going to play out on the weekend. So, for example, I actually think that 
with all the outs that, you, that the Manly side has, as far as DCE uh, and also Turbo, you know, those two out and Jake Trevojevic being out injured completely guts Manly, uh, especially playing away at McDonald Jones Stadium in Newcastle. So I actually think Manly are going to get beaten and beaten very, very comfortably. If that's the case, we all know that Schuster has really bad base and he, he could score a 10-point, 20-point um, outing and then it's a it's a pretty poor trade because you're not going to really want to play him most other weeks. I don't hate it. I would urge teams to probably look for a better option where maybe you need to find an extra 100, 200K, but it is an option where you're going to be able to play weeks down the track. Uh, that's going to be a better play or even saving the trade if you've already got, say, 13 players. Cody Walker, almost 800,000. And he's coming into a real purple patch here of draw where we spoke about it with Cook. He's only in 18% of teams, which is pretty low for someone scoring as well as he is. Uh, and he's scoring 75 points a game. At the moment, for the buys, immediately round 13 or 14, Dylan Brown and Cody Walker is just about the best 5'8 duo that you could have. If you've got those two, you've got immense upside in your halves. 110 on the weekend against the Eels. And I think the most impressive thing about that was the fact that he did that despite getting absolutely flogged. You know, it's 36 to 16, but Cody Walker had three try assists for all their tries. He was fantastic, uh, and he's now got the Canberra Raiders in a good matchup at a core stadium. And like we mentioned, Gold Coast, Dragons, Cowboys, Warriors, Bulldogs. It's a good run for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So um, I would certainly pay for him if you could. Um, I'm not going to be able to. I would probably prioritise the Eels halves over him, but it's a pretty close call, and he's, he's a great trade-in. Ruben Garrick, number 10, uh, 665,000. He's already in 37% of teams. So, you know, I've already brought it up a number of times, and I'll say it again. You need to really decide on uh, the build of your team, whether you want someone to come in that's going to be that highly owned or whether you're going to need to get someone that's a bit more pottish. And that's probably going to make the decision for you. He does also have a buy-in round 14. Um, so, you know, if you've got to have a choice between him and some of the Eels players, I'd certainly be choosing the Eels players. But, you know, can't argue with anyone bringing him in because even when Manly are going bad, he's going good still. The last three rounds, he's gone 83, 90, and 108 points. Considering um, before this week, Manly wasn't going very well, that's pretty phenomenal because before this week, they copped a couple of bad losses and he still went 1983. So, you know, no one can get talked out of Ruben Garrick whatsoever. Just have a look at your other options and, and see the makeup of your team on whether you can afford to have another highly owned guy or whether you maybe need to have a bit of a pod plunge on someone else. Having a look at teams. First game of the round, we have Dolphins versus Dragons. Um, just having a look at a couple of outliers and, and different things. For draft, I would say uh, if you're playing in draft, Tessie New could be a real pod play that's actually available on your waivers uh, and Along with that, when you're having a look at some pod plays, I think a, a few people might be looking at some of these Dragons players. Um, like Zach Lomax has been looked at a little bit lately. I, I can't get around really any of the Dragons buyers right now. But Jack DeBellin is one that's continued to play well and get big minutes. He should still get big minutes. He's just very pricey at the moment. But he's going to be captaining the Dragons this week. That's going to be really interesting. Uh, Ewan Aitken's probably priced himself out of the market a little bit. But when we're having a look at VCs, um, I will say that if you're pretty set on captaining an Eels player, which looks like a pretty good move at the moment, then Jermaine Asako owners might want to consider a VC because goal kicking and with his uh, three tons out of 11 games, 
it might be a decent VC go, and I don't know how many people are actually going to VC him this week. So that's probably the most interesting thing in this game. Uh, if you have a look at Pickle Bet, you know, Dragons are big outsiders at $2.75. I do think the Dolphins will win, but it might be a good idea to have a look at what sort of line you can get because it might be closer than what people think potentially. Moving along, the Eels versus Cowboys. I own a couple of Cowboys in Scott Drinkwater and also in Reese Robson, and it is pretty scary here uh, looking at this game at Combank because the Eels are quite full strength. They've got some forwards out, but their back line is intact. So, you know, all the big guns of Gutho, Sevo, Moses and Brown, all those guys in that back line are genuine VC or C options. Uh, I do think it's safer to do a VC on one of these and look at a, a later captaincy. But I would be choosing between Moses and Brown myself, and I think Moses has the edge because the Cowboys side, geez, when you're having a look at it, he's, he's, you've got Robert Derby on the wing, Peter Hickey back at centre, and Ben Hampton at six. Um, it's not great. They've got Luciano Lelua back as well. He's only got the one game under his belt. Really, both sides could feast on this one, so it's hard to pick a side. Mitchell Moses has the goal kicking, though, so I think that probably puts him over the edge. Uh, a couple of pods to talk about in this one. I have seen people talk about Joe Offerhand Gowie uh, and look at him. He's 420000 and he's starting. Now, I'm not into it, and I'll say why right now. He is starting this week because Junior Barlow is out. When Barlow is back from origin duty, he will not be starting, uh, and that's going to be the issue with him. Obviously, Madison is out as well, and people will bring that up, and that's fine. Maybe he will get some extra minutes, but I see the Madison out uh, benefiting Hopgood more than anybody. And the reality is that Joe O is 420000 so it is a little bit expensive. You might get good points this week, uh, but you're not really going to make money out of it. So is it worth paying for the points? I don't particularly think it is. I think there's better options, um, but I do think the Eels can score a lot of points in this one, and it's their back line that's going to benefit the most. Interesting pod, Luciano Lelua, as well. He's come in last week and scored a try. Uh, look, I didn't think that he was going to play massive minutes, and then the coach came out and said that he was going to play as much as he could. And it was interesting because he came out and played 62 minutes. Now, he only scored 43 points, uh, 28 in base, which was awful. But it looks like they're wanting to play 80 minutes pretty quickly. If you have a look at the numbers and you're looking for a second-row forward, it's a bit of a strike second row forward. Um, certainly, that's a massive pod. Uh, look, there is really not many players in that 450 to 550 range that have any upside. Uh, Luciano Lua only scored 52 a game last season, but the two seasons before, he scored exactly 62 points a game between 2020 and 2021 seasons. I wouldn't be surprised if he's an ultra pod and he can actually um, put up a good score if he plays 80 minutes this week. It's too much for me to pay. Uh, I would rather just try and find um, some money to go up. Uh, but that's just a real pod play. Certainly in draft, though, uh, Lua would be a really good pickup. Uh, but I'm just I'm all over a VC or C out of this Eels side. Um, if you're having a look on picklebet.com, they're paying $1.15. Take whatever line you can get. Uh, at the moment, minus 14.5 is going to pay $2 plus. That's, I'd be all over it because... You've got to look at this Cowboy side and think that they had 66 points put on them by the Tigers last week, and that was without their outs. Now they've got all these outs, and you're having a look at the back line, and the Cowboys are going to be starting Zach Labart, Peter Hiku, Robert Derby, and Ben Hampton in their back line. That's not good. 
uh, and their bench is pretty weak as well. So, yeah, I, I fear for the Cowboys playing away from home at Combank this week. Warriors and Broncos. Uh, this one's a really good matchup for the Warriors. It's great that it's over at New Zealand, um, and it's also playing a very depleted Broncos side when the Warriors are basically as close to full strength as they has been as they have been the last few months, aside from Wade Egan being out. So Tristan Saylor is going to be at fullback for the Broncos. That's uh, one thing, but the big thing is the forward pack. Forward pack reads as follows: Keenan Palacio. Billy Walters, Corey Jensen, Kurt Capewell, Jordan Rickey, and Kobe Hetherington. Off the bench, you have Brendan Pecura, who's played limited NRL games, and Xavier Willison, Dave Booing. Their forward pack looks like it's going to get eaten alive by the Warriors. So to me, if you're going to VC in the earlier games, uh, I think that it's... Um, if you wanted a solid captaincy, you could go for someone like a Tohu, but I think that you need to go for an upside one. Uh, Adam Fanua Blake has scored 90-plus three out of his last four games, and he scored tries four out of his last five games as well. He's absolutely killing it at the moment, uh, and it is a week where, you know, if you pay for him, he could really deliver against a really understrength Broncos pack. Um, in saying that, I think that the caveat or things to consider with him is he only played 51 minutes last game. Tohu Harris is obviously back in the side. So maybe his minutes are going to go back down to low 50s, in which case it's really going to cap uh, his upside because he was playing you know, 70s in the minutes before that when Tohu was out, and that's massive for him. I do really like the Warriors here. Um, I do think that their forwards are going to be the big buys, though, so there's some interesting ones to have a look at. On the Broncos side of things, uh, I don't think there is any that really screen by, and that's why we're not seeing them on the most trading or out. Uh, certainly, you know, guys like Mam and Staggs have been watchers in the previous months to see how cheap they could get. But they're just play, playing way too poorly at the moment, I think, to have a look at them. So I'd bypass the Broncos. I think it's going to be a real tough road trip for them. The Rabbits and the Raiders. Uh, this is a later game that you can definitely put a C on someone if you're going to VC an eel. Rabbitohs are obviously going to have uh, Latrell Mitchell out, but Cody Walker is definitely my pick as a captaincy option in this one. Um, Damian Cook has been too low scoring to have a look at. Uh, but on the pod side of things as well, I'm going to mention, you know, if people are looking at Joe O, a real good front row forward pod to have a look at is Tavita Totola. Uh, so if you're looking at someone in a low price point, Tavita Totola is 423000 And he's someone who was pretty good last year for the Rabbits. 51 points a game last season for the Rabbits. But across his final third of the season, he actually averaged 60 plus. And he did that with a few tries, but also the fact that his minutes went back up. Now, that's going to be, if he can give you a 60-plus, uh, about 20 points better than what he's priced at at the moment. So if you're looking for value and some points now, or someone that can go on a bit of a run, or just a, a plug for your front row forward spot that's also going to play round 14, uh, Totola is a, a bit of a pod play. He did score um, three tries in four or five weeks last year, so he can go on a bit of a spree. And this year, he played round one, was out. Round three was out until round six, then he was out again until round nine, and this is the first time he's put a month of football together. The first two weeks that he came back from round nine onwards, he played 45 and 34 minutes. The last two weeks, he's played 53 and 50 minutes, which is much more like his normal playing time uh, going forward, I think, and he's averaged 51 points a game. Now, 51's not great, but we know that the upside can be 60-plus, uh, and his base the last uh, two games has been 50 and 43 in raw base. 
So certainly I'd expect Totola to have around a 50 raw base and a little bit of upside to get a try potentially in the next four to four to six weeks as well. Uh, but more importantly, the draw opens up for him to really attack some of these forward packs. The Raiders at home, uh, the Gold Coast Titans away and the Dragons away is a good three weeks for South, like I said. It's also a few... Decent forward packs for him to attack, and he's worked his way back up to his full minutes complement of 53 last week. They're also going to have Arrow out, which is going to hurt their middle rotation a fair bit. Um, so the Bunnies are going to be a little bit under strength in the forwards, and they're also going to have Cam Murray out too from that middle rotation for the New South Wales side of things. So those two forwards out in the middle is going to open up minutes, and Tola's just primed to get back his minutes back up at 435,000. 32 BE, um, it's not the best play in the world, but it's certainly one that if you're looking at a Ford like Joe O because you need someone in the 400s, I'd much rather someone like Totola because he's a much more known quantity, he's going to be a starter, and he's got upside as well. What's going to happen in this one? Well, oh, I think the Rabbits are going to do the Raiders, but the Raiders do have um, fairly unchanged complement of players. Corey Horsburgh on the... Edge is interesting. He's going to definitely play 80 minutes, I think. Um, and Joe Tarpany at 13, likewise, might get a few extra minutes too. CHN, Corey Harry Naira, has been looked at by a few teams. Uh, I had a look at him as a bit of a pod play too. 399,000 starting on an edge. They do play next week as well. Uh, the thing that I can't get around with Harry Naira is, unfortunately, if you have a look at his games, at the start of the season, he had five games where he was starting. And he played between 66 and 80 minutes in all those games. And his scores were 40, 44, 28, 47, and 40. Averages out to a sub-40 score playing around 70 minutes a game. Uh, That's not great reading. He's also going to go back to the bench potentially with Young back. uh, Though Whitehead's going to be out for two weeks. So it'll be interesting to see what sort of rotation they have. He can play 13 as well, which is what he was playing at the start of the year. Uh, 400k, I just don't see the upside particularly. Uh, he might go well this week, but it's going to be the coming weeks that are a bit harder to make him a good buy. Last game of the round, Knights and Seagulls. Uh, I can't believe the value that you can get for the Knights at the moment, to be honest. On picklebet.com, Newcastle Knights are paying $1.31. I reckon that that is way too much. Um, I can't see the Knights losing this one. You've got Caelan Ponga with a point to prove, but you've also got some other players that people aren't really looking at. Greg Marju, a lot of people were selling. And I was kind of surprised that so many people were selling Greg Marju because he did have this really good matchup coming up. Um, and I, I think he's a smoky for a captaincy option. Like, if you believe that uh, Newcastle are going to do Manly in with Manly missing all those players, then, you know, Marju is definitely going to go across for a try if that's what you think is going to happen. And that all automatically puts him into a 90-plus type of scoreline. If he goes over for a double, which is, you know, possible... He's probably looking at like he was in round four with 122 plus points. He's a big option this week. He's only in 17% of teams after being owned by almost 30% of teams because a lot of people have been jumping off. Sub 600,000, uh, he's great value, and I'd actually buy him over Ruben Garrick if you were just looking short term uh, just for this round and this buy period. Um, you know, he, he could actually end up offering more value at half the ownership. I like them both. Uh, I don't want to say, you know, Ruben Garrick's no good. But Margie this week really shapes up as a as a good prospect to even have a captaincy on, potentially as a bit of a pod captain. When you're looking at the Seagulls side, you've got to remember they've got Kale Week starting at 1, uh, and, and, um, and Cooper Johns is starting at 7. That's really going to hurt their backline. Up until last week, their backline's been exposed pretty badly as well defensively. The forward pack, 
they, they could be in some real trouble here. They're starting Kepi, Fanu at 12, Olakuatu, Sipley and Paseca. It's going to be hard to see where they're going to find points in this side. And the go forward uh, against the Knights could struggle as well. Uh, I just I really like the Knights in this one. And if you really want a real outside flyer, uh, I could see Dom Young going great guns. And he's available in a lot of draft teams as well if your draft teams are playing this week. Dom Young in Classic is 550000 so he also fits the bill of being quite cheap. He also fits the bill of having a really bad floor. Scored 18 on his last outing. Uh, but, you know, round five against Manly, who's his opposition this week. Dom Young went for 148 points, scoring four tries. Now, I don't think that he's going to score four tries this week again, but the Manly side he's playing this week is far worse than the Manly side he played in round five, and that was also a weight four points. So... Someone like Dom Young, you know, he could carve up. Maybe he's going to make a habit of smashing Manly up. But he's an absolute ultra pod. 1% ownership, uh, but might present some value at 550000 if he can throw up a massive score. That's going to be it for the podcast, everyone. Uh, I'm sorry it was a solo one, but it's a bit of a quick one this week. There wasn't as much to talk about. We'll be back again next week with the full podcast, and Billy will be back on board. He's going to be on the Tuesday Supercoach TLT podcast, and we're going to have another special guest to do the Talk and Footy podcast for next week after Origin to review the Origin performances and chat about the, the round. So hopefully you've set up for your buy round. Hopefully your Supercoach team is looking good. Make sure you look to round 14 as well. If you want to download, stream, or share, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon, we're everywhere. Also follow on Twitter, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars, and jump on picklebet.com. Love Picklebet, love to take a punt with them. And if you do sign up with them, make sure that you use the affiliate or referral code as All Stars. Pop that in. That way they'll know that you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of your Picklebet. But picklebet.com, great odds on there for this weekend and for the origin. Enjoy your footy this week. Enjoy your super coach this week. Enjoy Origin next Wednesday if you don't hear me before then. Can't wait to chat about all of it again next week on the Supercoach TLT podcast and also the Talking Footy podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid.